0: Thank you for taking time to check out this podcast. I really appreciate the the support that I've been getting the past few episodes, and I definitely appreciate all the all the listeners who have tuned in. So anyway, this podcast, of course, this particular episode will consist of the Super Bowl preview and other big topics in sports right now, but I want to start off by pretty much the biggest topic in sports. This whole week, uh, the sports world and people around the world in all cultures, they've been mourning the passing of NBA legend and probably future Hall of Famer superstar Kobe Bryant. Uh, For those who have been living under a rock the past few days, he was flying in his helicopter with his daughter and seven other people into Los Angeles for his daughter's uh, basketball game for their uh, select team, I believe. And his helicopter went down in Calabasas, which is, I think, just outside California or outside Los Angeles. And uh, from what the investigators have been saying this week, the helicopter made impact with the ground at over 160 miles per hour, up near 180, which was the last recorded speed of the helicopter. It was... Really, It's a really bad sight. The conditions around the area were very foggy. In fact, the L.A. Police Department had grounded their helicopter, so they weren't even flying. So it was not the best day to, uh, I guess, get in a helicopter. But anyway, the thing about it is Kobe was only 41 years old. He had four kids. He was now happily married to his wife, Vanessa. And of course, his oldest daughter, Gianna, 13, who was 13 at the time, was on the, the helicopter with him. And it, man, it's, it, it hit me really, really hard. That day, I was on my way to the AM women's basketball game to play uh, in the band. I'm part of the pet band for AM, so I play at the basketball games. So I hopped in my truck. I went over to Reed Arena over here, and I hear the news on the sports radio station that I had it on that. We bring you the unfortunate news of the untimely passing of Kobe Bryant. And it it took me several hours to actually process it. Kobe Bryant is actually dead. It it was just a shock. And, of course, as a 22-year-old, I grew up watching Kobe in his prime. And, of course, in school, we would always crumble up a piece of paper and we would yell, Kobe! Kobe! as we tossed it uh into the trash can or attempted to so kobe transcended sports he transcended life in a way you know we should also mourn the seven other people who lost their lives along with kobe and his daughter but kobe also um was an american sports legend he uh Inspired a lot of people. He was excellent in everything that he did. He spoke uh, several language, a few languages fluently, because he le- he lived in uh, Italy for the first part of his life before he came over to the United States. And it, watching him, he was always a ruthless competitor. He, of course, had that famous Mamba mentality that everyone has come to know and love, and many players today embody it or are continuing to learn it as they develop their games and so he used it. He finished his career, of course, at his untimely death. He is now fourth on the NBA all-time scoring list. Had, was an MVP, I believe. I believe a couple all-star game MVPs as well. He Scoring title also. He would no doubt been a first ballot Hall of Famer. So I think by by the time his name comes up, that there is no question that he should be in the Hall of Fame just because of how long he played and how great he was for how long he played the game. He was a top five player in the league for at least 10 to 12 years in the league, maybe more, almost 15 years. And of course, at the end of his career, he did uh, go out with some injuries. His legs particularly just gave out on him in in the back part of his career. of course, the early part of his career, when he came into the league, he started off by winning championships with uh, Prime Shaq on the on the Lakers. Uh, they won three championships together, and then Kobe won two more championships, one in O nine and one in in ten. So the uh, beginning of last decade was last time he won a championship. But he cemented his legacy as probably a top arguably a top 10 player of all time with the five titles. And the MVP and all the all the rest of his accolades. But it's just really untimely. It's, it's really a reminder that no matter how famous or successful you are, um, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. Um, I'm sure that Kobe and his wife, whenever they went to bed the previous night, Saturday night, they had none of them had either idea that that would be the last time that they were uh, together as a couple in that way. Um, There's also reports that since Kobe was a practicing Catholic, he was uh, attending church the morning of the crash. So God rest his soul and also just hope he gets to heaven and his daughter as well. Because there's many ways to die on this earth, but the way that he died is just brutal. It just made me sick to my stomach. And it made me, it again made me realize that we are not guaranteed tomorrow. This earth to be on this earth is a privilege, or it's a honest, it's a gift too. But also, we're living and breathing, and we're privileged to walk this earth every single day and be contributing members of society and love our family, love our friends, love our work, love our uh, vocation, love our uh, love our way of life, love our routine. Our routines we shouldn't take for granted because we have the freedom, especially in the United States, to have a routine, go about our business, do whatever you want, attempt to be great, attempt to contribute to society in meaningful ways. And Kobe, Kobe definitely did that. He played in the NBA for 20 plus years. He retired a very successful five-time champion. And off the court after basketball, he was a business mogul. He made movies. He won an Oscar. Of course he was very involved in his daughter's basketball activities and of course he was a, he got to be a father at 41 years old he, he frankly he didn't even enter the prime of his life yet he uh, was living his he was living his best life from what people on TV have been saying that that have you know covered him for a good portion of his life that he was frankly the happiest he has ever been in his life and and I couldn't agree more he He had everything for him. He had the wealth, the wife, the the money, the the kids, the good life, the retired life. He would no doubt be a hall of famer, and of course that brings brings accolades with that. But then again, all of it all of it is gone in a snap, just like that. So, again, I encourage you if you're listening to this, if you have any supposed conflict with your loved ones or uh, friends or people who you are familiar with forget it because Kobe's helicopter crash reminds us that we're never guaranteed tomorrow we're on this earth only for a short time you know saying goes we are dust into dust we shall return so we we will just we'll be gone, all be gone one day, and the worst thing is at the end of your life to have regrets. You know, if you have something on your mind that you can't really solve at that moment, then that's arguably the worst feeling to uh, take with you to your grave. So, whatever turmoil you may be going through with your friends or family, with your friends or family, just uh. Be thankful so that you're on earth and you have them as support, too, because really your family, especially your parents, they care about you the most. They will they will run in front of a car for you that run through a wall for you. They will do anything to help you be successful and just appreciate that because time time on this earth is short and uh, we need to make the most of it. And uh, be productive and contribute meaningfully to society. And there's really no better embodiment right now in sport, or was a better embodiment of sports in that than uh, Kobe Bean Bryant. Now for some frankly, better news. Uh, of course, this Sunday, February 2nd, is Super Bowl 54 from Miami. This is the final game of the NFL's 100 season, and it's going to be between the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs right now are 1.5-point betting favorites, and uh, ESPN's FPI, which is their Football Power Index, has the Chiefs winning their chances of winning are about 65% or so. So really, this game is really about the Chiefs' offense versus the Niners' defense. The Chiefs' offense is about explosive as explosive as you can get with Patrick Mahomes as quarterback. And the amount of weapons that the Chiefs had is absurd, really. Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman, Travis Kelsey, Damien Williams out of the backfield— and Sammy Watkins, too. It's unfair, really, the amount of weapons that the Chiefs have. And the Niners defense has, they had the second best pass defense in the NFL this year, other than the New England Patriots. But uh, again, the Niners defense has the capability to put the pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Their front seven's really good. Their secondary is probably even better than that. They're anchoring the secondary by Richard Sherman, an old. Older veteran in the league, but he's still really, really good. Of course, he was part of the Legion of Boom in the early 2010s with the Seattle Seahawks. And now he helps anchor the Niners secondary. The Niners on offense, they possess one of the best tight ends in the game uh, in George Kittle. He's probably second best to Travis Kelsey on the Chiefs. The Niners have Jimmy Garoppolo calling the shots uh, as quarterback. He's... Improved this year drastically as a passer and a and a playmaker and of course the Niners have real three really good running backs in uh Matt Breida Raheem Mostert and uh, Tevin Coleman now Tevin Coleman did get injured a little bit in the NFC championship game and it's up in the air as to whether or not he will contribute in the Super Bowl but the Niners are very very deep at super (laughs) they're deep at running back and uh that's actually another key matchup in this game. The Niners rush attack, which lit up the Green Bay Packers in the NFC Championship game. I think that's their secret to beating the Chiefs because the Chiefs, the Chiefs biggest weakness, I think, is the rush defense. Now, they have good pass rush, but the rush defense has been below average pretty much all year. Um, now, with Chris Jones and Frank Clark kind of back... On the Chiefs' pass rush, they were injured for some games. They improved their pass rush, but the rush defense still didn't really get there. And so, Mostert, Brita, and uh, Coleman should have a field day against uh, the Chiefs' defense. And that's the key: if they can keep Patrick Mahomes off the field, then and control the clock really, then the Niners do have a really good chance because then they don't. The Niners don't have to rely on their Uh, world-class pass defense to just get them through the game. So really, I'm going to pick – I'm picking the Chiefs because I think Mahomes and the Chiefs have done enough to get there. They, of course, overcame a 24-0 deficit against the Texans at home in the divisional round. Then they beat the Titans in the AFC Championship game. I think they were down 10-0 in that game, and they went on to win that game with their stellar passing attack. And uh, really, I think the Chiefs, if they have good balance, they'll win. And I think they will. So I'm going to pick Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the Chiefs to final in a Super Bowl. The Chiefs have not been to a Super Bowl in 50 years. Um, They went to one way back in the day, like in the 60s, whenever the Super Bowl was – first called to Super Bowl of course they lost to the Packers a couple times in the first couple Super Bowls but now they're back and I think they are the better overall team with the better offense and uh, I think the Chiefs will come away with a victory in Super Bowl 54 and they will be crowned Super Bowl champions it's gonna be a fun game I'll at least it's not the Patriots, you know, so everybody's kind of down the middle, kind of split on who they want to go for. But I will go for the Kansas City Chiefs. A couple more basketball things. The college basketball course, we're deep into the heart of, of conference play. And every, every top team this year, the theme is whoever's Whoever has been ranked number one, they just somehow lose the next game after they get ranked number one. That was the case. Now, um, the Baylor Bears have been ranked number one for a couple weeks now, and uh, they seem to be holding down the Big 12 okay. I know Kansas is nipping at their heels right now in the Big 12 like Kansas always does. Kansas has been a staple in the Big 12 for many, many years, but Baylor this year looks like they are the lead dog in that race. Uh, The other top teams, you got Gonzaga, you got, of course, Kansas too. You have San Diego State, Florida State, who just lost the other night. Duke is also fairly good this year. Villanova, Michigan State, Louisville. There's really no one team this year that you can say is so much better than everybody else. I think the tournament's going to be really fun just to watch as it always is because there's really no – clear favorite this year like there has been in years past and uh we'll just see that's that's March Madness for you I that's why it's one of the best sporting events of the year now furthermore in the pro basketball scene of course uh last week Zion Williamson made his debut Zion Williamson was the number one overall pick in this year's draft or well Last year's draft for this year, Uh, he set out the first few months of this season to get his knee right after surgery, and he made his big debut at home against the San Antonio Spurs. He started off kind of slow. He looked winded, but as the fourth quarter came around, he uh, started making three pointers. He made four of them, and he ended up with like 22 points in the game. He got close. The Spurs won the game, but people were just talking about how hot he got in the fourth quarter and how he almost brought the Spurs back. And now it's kind of the Zion train's kind of off and running. Of course, this week we haven't real the media didn't really talk about Zion much because of course they mourned the untimely passing of Kobe Bryant and his daughter. But other than that, Zion is the big draw to the NBA now. The NBA ratings have, of course, been down this year. And that's partly kind of due because the NFL ratings were up everywhere. Uh, the Warriors just completely collapsed from where they were in the past five years. They're now at the very bottom of the NBA standing. So there's no Steph Curry, no Klay Thompson, Kevin Durant's also injured. So in the Eastern conference, there's really no really mega star to keep people up on the East coast because there really is an East coast bias in sports because, you know, the less the West coast games in most sports, people on the East coast won't stay up to watch. And, you know, with LeBron and Kawhi and everybody else out in the Western conference, the, people in new york and boston and washington dc in those markets they're not really gonna invest a lot more time in like lakers games and clippers games and warriors games as they have been the past few years so you know with more stars coming back i think the nba could make a rebound and hopefully the ratings will go up uh this year or next year excuse me and also the playoffs will be coming up in a couple months for the nba too all-star weekend is next month and uh who the Rosters will be named here shortly. We'll just wait and see. Finally, uh, one quick from the baseball world, from MLB. The Houston Astros have hired their new manager, Dusty Baker, of course. Uh, He's a 70-year-old man who has managed for many, many years in Major League Baseball. He was the Reds manager. He was the Nationals manager. Of course, back when the Astros were in the National League, I remember playing against him when he was the Reds manager. So now he's the Astros manager. And he has a really good team to work with. But of course, with the Astros' recent sign-stealing scandal, he's going to have to put that behind him and make sure the organization is steered in a clean and clear direction now since – This is kind of his last chance to be a manager. Now the Astros are uh, still up there. They're in the top three of like World Series odds and the most regular season wins for 2020. So it'll be, again, a fun season for the Astros. Be good for the fans, but they will have the cloud of the 2017 championship hanging over their heads. But I think Dusty, since he's an experienced manager, will get the Astros uh, back on track and just straight up playing baseball. I also forgot to really say something about LSU too. LSU had a great, great season this year in college football. One of the best seasons ever in college football history, with uh, Joe Burrow and his production is just historic. He finished with sixty touchdowns. Um, LSU went fifteen and zero. They won the national championship. They beat Clemson too and in really impressive fashion. Clemson, Clemson was a really good opponent. Dabla Sweeney and Trevor Lawrence and the rest of the Clemson Tigers. They're a hell of a team, but LSU was just above and beyond this year. Congrats to Coach O, Ed Orgeron, for winning the national championship in Baton Rouge because at the time that he got hired, people were mocking him, saying, oh, LSU should have gotten Jimbo Fisher or Tom Herman or someone else. But congrats to Coach O for putting in the work, getting Joe Burrow to come to Baton Rouge, getting Joe Brady, too to uh, come here too to run kind of run the offense a little bit and the result is 15-0 and national championship Joe Burrow winning the Heisman Trophy and one of the best seasons ever in college football now LSU is losing Burrow of course to the NFL Joe Brady left for the NFL he went to the Panthers to be their offensive coordinator so Coach o is going to have to reload and we'll see where LSU goes from here but again an historic season LSU, congratulations on 15-0, the national championship, one of the best seasons in college football history.